Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by Madonna Lewindi, my beautiful co-host, and me, Laura Michael. Welcome back, everyone. I feel like we took a little bit of a short break there, but we are back. And this week, we are discussing homeschooling. And I think, I believe that when we all hear that word, unless you've been doing it for some time, you get a specific set of feelings, right? So maybe you imagine people who are holed up in their house. They're probably living on a farm. They have a ton of kids. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting what I thought when I first used to think about it. What what about you, Laura? Yes, I definitely think about it, about like the weird kids that used to show up in high school who like were so mature and like you couldn't really figure them out for the first few months, you know, Um, because there was a lot in Virginia, a lot of people who homeschool through eighth and then they like send their kids off and it's like they're you know, experiencing school life for the first time. It was always really interesting. So I always think of it as like those specific kids, but somehow they were always so mature and very hardworking and it always got under my skin a little bit. But um, what we don't know, like what maybe some of you haven't realized is actually there are a lot of cops in America and in Canada who are um, starting to homeschool. It's becoming something that um, is becoming more and more common. And we as immigrants coming from an immigrant culture, you know, we emphasize education a lot. And there is a kind of a, like there are two stigmas, either that the homeschooling kids don't know as much or that the homeschooling kids are like way ahead of us, like the super geniuses, but um, it's actually turning out to be a very normal thing. That's, yeah, I agree with you. And I I feel like um, I've started homeschooling this year for my first time ever and my oldest daughter who just turned six. And I got definite mixed reactions when I said that I was going to be homeschooling. And I think it's because a lot of people come to America as Coptic people seeking higher education, better, more easily accessible education that they're not paying like, you know, crazy amounts for. Um, But this is why we're here today. We are here to dispel the myths. We want to shed some light and we want to learn more from an experienced homeschool mom who we have with us joining us today, um, Sherry Ibrahim, who is the wife of Father Maurice from Orlando, Florida. And we are thrilled to have her today and pick her brain for so many reasons, including the ones Laura mentioned, but also because I've started this journey and I need some counseling myself. So welcome, Sherry, to Raising Up Cops. We're glad to have you. Thank you, Madonna and Laura, for having me with you. Well, we want to start with like the obvious question that I'm sure everyone asks at first, which is like, what called you to homeschool? Did something trigger it? Like, were you always planning on doing this? So yes, yes and no. I originally, like I started thinking about homeschooling before I even had my first son. So I knew that I wanted to eventually homeschool about 10 years before we actually started homeschooling. Wow. What triggered us to start was actually Abuna's call to the priesthood. Um, Abuna was not on board initially. And it took me, you know, all those years of talking to him about homeschooling. He had all of the typical reservations that people have, you know, how will our children be socialized? Uh, All of the the same questions that you, you know, anyone will ask immediately when you talk about homeschooling. And then as when he was called to the priesthood and we had to move to Florida, um, it was this thing that actually took me by surprise. I had been praying a lot about it. And uh, we were touring our home together for the first time. And he looked at me and said, this would be a great room for homeschooling, don't you think? Wow. (laughs) 
And I looked at him and I said, are you serious right now? <laughs> yes, it would be. And so that, you know, I had been thinking about it for a long time, but that change in our life did trigger our start to homeschool. Wow, that's really great. I, um, Sherry, I was about to call you Laura because that's who I'm used to talking to. <laughs> Sherry, that's really cool. So it was important, of course, that Abuna got on board with this. Um, what do you think changed? Do you think he just kind of like, you know, just was also called to it? Or how did, <laughs> how did this change come about? I, I, th- I believe it's because I had been praying about it and I had wanted to homeschool for so long. And I really don't know what changed in his mind other than other than just praying about it. I think he, you know, I think he knew that he was going to start having to work nights and weekends. Mm. And it made sense to him to create a way to spend more time with his kids as his life is about to change. So before he, Abuna was always traveling all the time. So him being away from us was not foreign, but I think he realized that unless he had the days home with his kids, it would be a challenge for him to figure out how to spend time with them. Well, that's really unique to you as a a priest family. But I guess my question is, how important is it that your husband is on board with homeschooling? Like, do you find him having to partake in the homeschooling journey or just his support is all you're looking for? How does that work? You absolutely need your spouse on board. It would be very difficult to homeschool. In fact, I've heard experienced homeschoolers tell new moms who are thinking about it, that it will not work unless your spouse is on board. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of how much they are able to contribute to the actual um, daily routine or help facilitating with certain subjects, but it is, you both need to be in the same place, um, agreeing on the benefits of homeschooling, because this is, it's not an easy commitment. It is a commitment. It takes dedication. It's not easy to do it uh, for the long term, And so you both have to be on board, just like anything else you decide on together. Yeah, I think that's so important that, you know, it's, it's hard enough parenting. I guess parenting is a bunch of small decisions, like candy now, candy after dinner, like uh, trip here, trip there, buying this, not buying this. And so if the biggest decision in your house, where, where your kids are going to get their education, you know, the biggest, like the most numerous hours, you know, that decision, if it's fraught with um, conflict or you disagree or you're not on the same page, I can't imagine that it would be, that it would go well. You know, I think it would cause a lot of uh, friction. I know that when I was um, suggesting homeschooling for our kids, um, Danny is really, really good about deferring to me for when, when it comes to the kids, because I mean, he told us before we got married, he's like, you know, I don't know anything about kids. This is your life. You know about kids the most. You're a teacher. Like you get to make these decisions. So I think it was one thing for him to say, it's your choice, which I appreciated because I felt like I was making an informed decision. But there's a whole other layer of him being very supportive of it. It's a different thing altogether. To agree and to be supportive are not the same, in my opinion. And so just him, you know, agreeing to look at curriculums with me and, you know, decide, oh, I think this probably will match, you know, our kid's personality. Um, Or him just being like, okay, you know, 
you want to go on this trip, like go for it. I'm off this day. If you want us to go together, that kind of support is invaluable in my opinion. Um, but I guess this kind of leads me to the, to the next question. So what are the best parts of homeschooling? I want to start with the positive. What are the best parts and how has it helped your family or how has it been beneficial, Sherry? Homeschooling, the benefits of homeschooling um, are also the, the hard parts of homeschooling. But we'll start with, the, with the, the best thing about homeschooling is that you get to spend a lot more time together as a family. And so you decide there's so much flexibility in how you schedule your day and how you choose to use your time. So one of the ways that homeschooling has helped our family is that it allows us to schedule the kids' days around living the liturgical life, like the Coptic liturgical life. Mm. So our boys um, get the choice, you know, they are able to attend church liturgies during the week so it has helped them, it, we, you know, learn how to be chanters, learn all the hymns of the liturgy, gain confidence in being able to lead with, you know, their dad, if there is no senior deacon there. So it, it advanced them in their confidence and their knowledge of, you know, being chanters in their role. They also get to learn things like how to set up the altar and extra things that sometimes they have to step in and learn. So that has been really lovely and they've loved that. Um, we also get to decide if they're going to be going to church on like feast days. So they've learned about, they've learned about minor feasts, major feasts, things that we don't necessarily always talk about with our kids or get mm. the opportunity to attend because we have that flexibility of going to church and going to church in the morning and then coming home and picking and choosing what subjects we want to finish for the rest of the day. Another benefit for our family is that we get to um, retreat to the convent more than once a year. Typically, which we like to go twice and teaching the kids about monastic life firsthand by allowing them to go to the convent, spend a few days with the nuns there to participate in the life of, you know, the nuns and, you know, what it's like to give up your, your life for God and to be in prayer all the time, waking up at 3am. We can talk to kids about monasticism, but if they've had the opportunity to live a few days with monastics, it's completely different experience. So um, <clears throat> also not traveling to the convent, you can, you know, with having the flexibility to when you're learning about something in school, you can go travel and see it, right? You don't have to necessarily read about it in a textbook if you're flexible and can go do it. So one of the things, one of our favorite field trips that we uh, did together, we drove up to Canada, but on the way to driving to Canada, we stopped in so many different places. Um, we learned about, uh, we went to, we went toured plantations um, in South Carolina and we learned, they learned about the history of the plantations and the history of slaves. Like when you're, it's a whole different experience when you're reading out of a textbook than when you're standing in a historic site and you're imagining how someone lived under those conditions. Yeah, I feel like that's, <clears throat> that really could apply to so many different families. I mean, I, we have at our church families that own um, businesses and their kids do help in the business, but I can imagine that if they were being homeschooled, 
that perhaps they would learn about different parts of the family business, whatever that happens to be. Um, they'd have firsthand experience with those things. Um, you know, maybe that's why it works so well for people on a farm because you've got the extra hands to help, right? And then at the same time, they can get their education. And I really love the idea of the field trips. Um, I feel like they're just, you know, I think people are becoming more aware of this now that there's this whole work from home, you know, COVID spike um, that, yeah, if you want to learn about European history and you can just stream your classes from whenever, like, why not be in France? <laughs> you know, it's like French Revolution time. Okay, let's go check it out. And, you, know, you know, that's like on a larger scale. But if you're, if you're working jobs where you can do your tasks through a computer, um, then you can really get wherever you need to go um, to, to bring history alive or um, even, even literature, you know, like you can go visit places where people have written all of those things. So I love that idea. And, and of course, spending time together with your family, I think, you know, there are just so many ways that we grow and we're together that, um, that are, is harder when we spend so much time apart. Yeah, Madonna, what, what, what were you thinking? Well, and I also wanted to add, Sherry, you know, and I think that you probably have a really good picture of this as well. Um, my kids went to school and were kind of removed from our home life. And then we would come home, I would be home and I would do all the things that it took to be at home, right? I would be cleaning the kitchen, I would be preparing the food, I would be doing my work, writing my my blogs or my, you know, books or whatever I'm doing, um, preparing for online teaching. This year, I've seen such a difference in just the two weeks that my child has been home with me for homeschooling. She now sees what I do and that the house doesn't magically clean itself and that the dinner isn't magically made out of nowhere and that mommy doesn't just come home and plop down on the couch and hang out. You know, she now sees that there's a lot of behind the scenes efforts and she's actually asked me, mommy, why are you always like doing stuff? Why are you always, why don't you just sit and like snuggle with me? And I'm like, sweetheart, this is what it goes into being at home. This is what goes into um, being a human being. Like there's stuff to do. It's not just all, you know, playing is great and going to school is fun and uh, going outside is, is a fantastic way to spend time. But there is a lot of responsibilities in our day as well. So I think them being removed um, and then being home now has really shifted their perspective about just what it takes to be an adult in general. What, what do you think about that, Sherry? I absolutely agree. I Being around and watching things happen, even just the simple things, like when something arrives that you've ordered, assembling it, like assembling their desks with their dad was like this exciting thing that they got to do and they got to learn how to put this desk together. Or when we're purchasing a new, like, let's say we're trying to grow a little bit of our own food, they get to participate instead of coming home from school, like you said, and just seeing something all of a sudden there, like nice and ready. They get to participate in the process of purchasing it because they come with us to purchase it. They even hear us discussing um, what we would like to set up or put together. All of this, like all of these life skills, they have to participate in them, like you said. And my kids do um, are responsible for doing a lot more chores than other kids. Like, because they're part of living in our house. They're expected to put their own laundry into the machine. They learn how to run the machines. They're expected to fold and put away their own clothing. They have duties in the kitchen that every time we eat, 
they have to, you know, one of them is unloading or loading the dishwasher, cleaning out the sink or sweeping the floor or wiping the table. So as you said, they see real life happening and they get to participate in, you know, making those decisions um, and how you have to spend your time. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your day. Like what, what does a typical homeschooling day look like? For us, we try to, because our kids wake up really early, so we try to capitalize on that by using their energy as early as possible in the day. So we have a, you know, in the homeschool world, you think of a rhythm versus a schedule. That's one of the things that you have to adjust to when you start homeschooling, because in, in at work and, and in school, like everything is by the minute and the bell rings at this time and you transition to the next room or the next subject. And that's one of the things that where you have to shift your thinking in, in, in homeschool, that it doesn't have to, you know, the, the rhythm for your day can be similar every day, but it's not um, so regimented by like minutes and hours, right? There's that flexibility where you can accomplish a a certain amount of things, similar things every day, but not at the exact same time every day. So they, as long as they wake up, they know that they have to do their chores. Um, for us, it's like around 7.30. They have to do their chores and then they have to serve themselves something to eat. And we've outlined for them, like, like we've talked with them about like, what are the things that you can serve yourself for breakfast? Like things like yogurt and granola, things like cereal and milk, like the simple things where they don't need, you know, mom and dad to help them. So they're responsible to wake up, they do their morning routine, they come down, they do their chores, um, they serve themselves a little something to eat, and then they know that we're going to do uh, Bible time. So Bible time includes like learning about Bible stories, memorizing scripture, reading about the saints, right? So it's family spiritual time as well. And then we do family prayer together uh, from the Agbeya. Afterwards, um, we start like the hardest, the hardest subjects just to get their mental energy to capitalize on it. Uh, we start with the hardest subject first and that's where Abuna is really helpful because he has decided to help me with math. And so he teaches the kids math. So one of us will work with, you know, with one child while the other is working with another. And then, so throughout the day, you wanna get your core subjects like completed. You wanna get your math, your language, your science and your history. And basically it's in, depending on the age of your child, it's in, in, you know, intervals of however long they can handle, but every subject should only take about 20 to 30 minutes. And that's one of the other things that's really great about homeschooling is that you're not in a class with 30 kids where things will take longer because there's one teacher to 30 students. It's one-on-one. -on -one. So you essentially can finish a subject in 20 to 30 minutes. And also I'm speaking about elementary aged students so yeah that's an important distinction for sure sherry um because i know that as they go older they're also more independent but also things just take longer because there's just more depth and intensity to a lot of the material but sherry everything you've said so far sounds really idyllic it sounds beautiful <laughs> i i imagine like you know birds singing in your home and drinking your <laughs> cup of coffee and so many wonderful things happening at once but i know that that can't be always the reality so can you also share a little bit about what are some of the challenges you face like are the kids ever resistant some days they just don't want to you know do any of this stuff or you know how, how did that part of your 
<laughs> life go. So as I mentioned before, the, the awesome thing about homeschool is spending a lot of time with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the hardest part of homeschool. <laughs> because I can imagine. I've, I heard someone, um, or I read, sorry, in a book, someone call it, it's parenting amplified. It's like, it's like you're constantly, you're, you're always together. And therefore you're having conversations about how, you know, about building the skill of interaction, I guess. And when you're constantly having to interact, it is exhausting, right? For everyone. And so um, it, you know, what I have learned is that there is always something, there's a reason behind a child's like uh, not wanting to do something or pushing back, right? Um, or just being grumpy or um, there's always a reason. Like you, you, if you understand that, you know, your child needs to have more sleep or more food. A lot of the time you understanding the need behind the resistance helps a lot with moving past it. And so um, we have to build in, in our day, time for being together and time for rest. And we have to be really intentional about it so that we're not constantly um, interacting and for it to be overwhelming for everybody. So I think that goes back to that idea of rhythms you were talking about. So even the day itself requires a rhythm of rest and hard work and together and not together, right? Yes. And so there's options, like you offer options for your kids of lots of options for things that they can do independently. Things like practicing their typing or sitting and reading by themselves or building Lego or, um, the, you know, you learn what brings your child rest or peace and comfort, and then you teach them how to, uh, to go to, to those activities when they need time alone. And that's one of the great things too about being together all the time is that you have plenty opportunity to, to help your child learn about themselves, learn about, I feel this way when this happens, I respond this way when this happens, and then to coach them on how it should be for like a smoother interact interaction or a more mature interaction. And that takes energy, right? From the parent when you're always mm. on, um, but it's fruitful. I can already see Sherry, like what you're talking about, because in these, again, it's only been two weeks here, but I feel like I haven't figured this out at all, right? But I do see little bits and pieces of things that I wouldn't have seen um, if Elise stayed at school, I can see that she is not motivated by, you know, like sticker charts or, you know, she's not incentivized by saying like, okay, just one more thing. We're going to get to go outside. Um, but what does motivate her is like something together with mommy after, you know, like uh, if we're going to do something, um, you know, special that she wants to do. Those are the kinds of things that incentivizes her. And I don't think I would have gotten that glimpse into my child. Um, otherwise, it's not like I didn't know it, but I didn't see it in practice. And I feel like it is this really long journey of understanding each other and knowing how to interact with one another. And one of the most impactful things I've heard, Sherry, is actually came from you when I was coming this decision about homeschooling. Um, 
couple of years ago when we were at the convent together and you were talking, I was just asking about how do your boys interact with one another? Like, are they just so nice to each other? And you said they've had to learn to, to live together. And it didn't occur to me at the, until that moment that up until that point, my children were going to, you know, their preschool and uh, they were spending separate time in different classrooms the entire day. We'd come home just in time for like the, the rush of things. And um, they didn't really get to understand each other and how, like what triggers the other person? Why are they always fighting? Because they always did the thing that triggered the other person. And now that they've been home a lot more together, they're still tons, fair share of the fighting and the sibling, sibling rivalry and things. But I can also see that they're spending a lot more time being creative together and understanding each other as well as us. Now, you've also mentioned that it's also the hardest part and it 100% is because I also understood about myself that um, I recharged by zoning out and sitting like alone or being on my phone or, you know, something less than ideal, of course, but um, I do not get that privilege as much anymore. And I'm having to discover new and probably more beneficial ways to rest inside of myself while I'm present with the rest of my family. Um, and I can see that this is a really long journey of understanding how to be together and how to overcome each other's triggers <laughs> or things that really tend to be our pet peeves. Absolutely. And that's why as parents, we get a lot of opportunity to work on ourselves and to build our patience and to build our kindness and gentleness. You know, we learn about ourselves and we become like we, we become better at interacting all the time, just as much as our children as well. And that's actually a huge benefit of homeschooling. Um, and Dr. Um, Newfeld, I'm forgetting his, Gordon Newfeld um, writes about this, that the idea that when the children are spending time watching adults all day, they learn adult interaction or they learn adult ways of interacting. That's why Laura had mentioned like these homeschool kids are so mature because they're not in a setting where they're learning social skills from 30 children their own age who don't have these skills already and only have one teacher present in the room to even notice or, or have opportunity to correct, right? Or mm. to direct. So they're watching us interact and they'll call us out all the time. How come mommy did this, you know, if it's wrong? <laughs> So we have this conversation of, we know what's right and what's wrong. And if mommy sometimes makes a mistake, that doesn't mean that it's okay to do that. Even these kinds of conversations, like teach them about life and teach them about what is, you know, what is right, what is wrong, what is good, you know, all of these benefits. So I think you've touched on my biggest homeschooling fear a little bit here, which I know we've talked about before, but I... I'm still psychologically like trying to overcome this, this terror <laughs> that I'm going to let my child down, you know, that I don't have the educational prowess or I don't have the um, virtue level to really get them where I'm hoping they'll go. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, Sherry? Like, um, I, I'm, I just, it feels like a lot for me to be the only person responsible for my kid to learn everything about everything. There's, you know, yes, it, as a, as, as a homeschool parent, 
you have to see what are the needs of like a healthy thriving child like there's academic needs there's spiritual needs there's social needs and there's like uh, the social needs includes as well like sports like physical fitness i guess um and and you're the one who has to like schedule all of that uh you have to make sure that your child is getting a sufficient amount of all of that so i do see where you're coming from that it might it, it is you want to make sure that you're not missing anything and that you're doing your best to provide for your your child like everything that they need it's it's simpler once you get into it and you don't have to do everything at once and you don't have to be amazing at everything at once like i remember you know in the first couple of years of homeschooling my children did not do any extracurricular activities their only extracurricular activities were hymns class on saturdays um, and Kumon, which was like additional math tutoring, which, you know, can't even be called extracurricular because it's, it's still academic. I think we can, we have the time, there's so much time available when you're homeschooling to be able to work on something first, like something small, master it, and then add to it. And so you don't have to worry about providing everything all at once. Mm -hmm. If I can relieve that stress. Um, and also there's, there are homeschool communities like you can you find people who have already done this and who will help you like you know um the curricula that is available out there is wonderful in the sense that it it is even scripted like we're using spelling and language curriculum this this year they the the book actually takes you step by step like say this and then your student says this it's wonderful you don't have to do any prep in advance or you don't have to stress about having the skill to teach your child this particular subject. So I think it's, you know, being in contact with other people who are living this lifestyle and who can, you know, help you along the way in knowing what to do and then not putting so much pressure on yourself to know everything and do everything all at once. You take it step by step and you figure it out. That's such a, that I think is probably some of my favorite advice that I've gotten this year is just, don't be pressured to do all subjects right off the bat, you know, and, and that really, really relieved so much pressure, like you said, because I, I, when I, when I listed out all the things I wanted to accomplish, it was the most overwhelming list known to man. But when I broke it down as just, okay, for now, the only thing that I really want to focus on is language arts and math. And these things somehow, as we're going through it, ended up encompassing everything in it. Um, you know, as we were like reading books and there was something about plants and it ended up being a discussion about how they grow. And then, uh, you know, at least wanted to go outside and look at a, a plant. And then we were like, let's build a terrarium. And we like wrote about it. And it was just this beautiful, like really natural flow of things without the stress of, okay, first we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And I think what you said about it being a rhythm and not a schedule also ties into this, right? Because as you spend time with your child, as you gauge their interests, you can, I mean, school should be very, in my opinion, holistic in any way. Like it should all things be involved in all things. So, you know, they should not be as separated and categorized as we see them, you know, or compartmentalized is the word, as we see them being taught. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But really, you cannot separate language from when talking about math, when talking about social studies, when talking about because all of it kind of 
meshes in together the more that you do it. So I really appreciate that advice of just trying to do one thing at a time and it will blossom whether you like it or not, it will blossom into all the different things that you want to get done um, just by nature of learning. That's just how it works. Yes. Like in, you know, in my, just like you said, in my son's like math page, you know, there's like a picture of like a blue ringed octopus. And so after he finishes his math page, he wants to look up the blue ringed octopus and learn about it. So we do a quick like YouTube video and it's like a, a reward or like, you know, like, oh, when I finish these six uh, questions, I'll get to learn about this cool, like, sea creature, right? And it's, so it is, it's, you know, you can connect so many different subjects together um, and learn flexibly. It doesn't have to be compartmentalized, at, like, at school. So I guess, Sherry, my question then comes into what do you want someone who is thinking about homeschooling to know? I mean, that was one thing which I really appreciated is, is you don't have to do all things right away, but what else would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's considering it? I think I want, I would want them to know that they absolutely can do it because there are communities available to help them out. And there are um, the programs that are made for homeschoolers are made with uh, the, like they're created, having, keeping in mind that, you know, I'm not a science teacher and I'm not a math teacher. Mm -hmm. I am just, you know, I'm a parent with whatever, you know, whatever I studied that is not necessarily what I'm teaching my kids. And so programs or curricula has this in mind and they have developed programs for you to be able to open and go. Also that things don't have to look like you imagine they would look like, like, you know, you, Madonna, you said something amazing when you said, like, it sounds like birds are chirping in your house and there's like violin music or whatever you had said, <laughs> <laughs> right? Sometimes it really, uh, sometimes we, um, we think that things have to go a certain way or else they're not working, mm. but that's not true. You learn, you see the fruit of homeschooling once you're in it. So, um, and it doesn't always look so peaceful and beautiful. Sometimes it's exhausting and frustrating and you have to repeat to yourself, but you learn as you go. And, um, you know, I love that I have a t-shirt that's called chaos coordinator. I'm sure we've seen this, yes. <laughs> you know, on different things out there. You really do have to embrace that, that um, what looks like it's working, you know, may not actually be how it's going to work in your home. And so I would want you, I would want people who are interested in homeschooling to just trust if this is something that you are feeling called to do, pray, constantly pray for God to give you wisdom and peace and, um, and patience and strength, as long as you're determined. And as long as you're, you know, your spouse, you and your spouse are supporting one another in this lifestyle, you will see the fruit and it's not going to look like anyone else's homeschool. And that's the beauty of your own homeschool. You get to customize it the way that works for you, the way that makes your family happy and your children happy with their unique needs. I, I would also want to know, Sherry, really quickly, um, do you think that there's certain personalities that are just not fit for homeschooling or some that are just perfect for it no. as far as teaching or learning. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. I no. I think, I mean, just like anything we like, we, we take on, 
are, is there a certain personality that is more fit to like exercise or like get fit? Mm. I think that we have to learn whatever we are determined to learn or to do or to be successful in, we will become successful in and we will learn our own strengths and deficiencies and we'll work on those in order to achieve our goal. So I think that as long as, and, and actually having to interact with your children all day and your spouse all day, if your spouse is, is present um, in the home, that teaches you a lot about your strengths and your weaknesses. So you, you figure out exactly what you need to work on in order to manage your, your circumstances or your day. I love that, Sherry. That's so important. And I love that example too. Um, of, of exercising doesn't really have a certain type of personality, but um, you're right. It is such a depth of learning that has to happen because I've already seen that my temper has come out way more times than I would have liked it to in the last two weeks. And I can see that it's because like I was mentioning, I'm not getting those usual ways of decompressing that I used to. And so I've had to really figure that out. Um, so this is for all those listeners out there that are considering homeschooling that think, oh, she's already a teacher. She knows, oh, she's done this a billion times. No, I'm sorry. This is nothing the same. It is not like going to school. It's not even like online teaching like I've been doing, um, which I would say is worlds easier than homeschooling, but not because homeschooling is hard, but it's because it's such a process of learning how to interact with my kids in a way um, of having them around all day, like you were saying, Sherry, it's just a totally different ball game. It's a, it's, I'm tapping into a whole new skill, skill set that I have not had to tap into yet. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It's intriguing. And I am on my knees a lot more. So I think in that ways, it's definitely a good thing because um, I can see God drawing me closer through this experience and being like, Hey man, I, you thought you were living a good and happy and on the road kind of life. You need to scale it down a bit and let's, let's look closer at what you're doing. So I do appreciate that. And I hope that everyone that's listening feels as encouraged as I'm feeling right now. I'm definitely feeling very sold, um, lack of violence and all. (laughs) (laughs) Now apparently I just need to start praying that Abuna gets on board. (laughs) years it took us <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean I only have a couple of years left so I need to work on it but um Sherry we are so so grateful that you joined us today um we had so much fun with you thank you so much for this conversation it's wonderful to be able to talk about it Yes. Thank you. Thank you again, Sherry. And so with that being said, thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. You can find us at raisingupcops.com or email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. Perhaps you have some follow-up questions for Sherry. Let us know. We'll pass it along. And we look forward to seeing you all next time. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindy. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you would like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.